We're clearly evolving into a new phase of selling, which is selling a new way of thinking, mm. right? A new philosophy, a new ideology. And when doing this, that means that we are going to, in the consultative phase, um, in the get to know each other phase, we're going to even offer up the idea that, do you mind if I ask you some questions that will help you to find the best fit, even if that's not with me? Right. And yeah. I think that's also something that's super important. Like, are you willing to even say that? Like, are you willing to say, um, do you mind if I help you to find the best fit, even if that's not with me? Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of the None of Your Business podcast. We're super excited to be with you each and every time that we're given the opportunity to come into your earbuds, your car, work out with you, whatever it is that you're doing. We super appreciate you tuning into our podcast. It truly is an honor. My name is Dr. Sean Dill. This is my beautiful wife, Dr. Lacey Book star of the show. Hello. <laughs> Today we want to talk to you about identifying the problem. Now, so many times in business, what we run into is that you have a service that you provide to the world that you honestly believe has the potential to impact or change someone's life or even the world. You're super passionate about it. And so in marketing and selling your service, you just want to tell everybody about what it is that you do. And oftentimes what happens is people forget that the reality is, the real value is in solving people's problems, not just providing a solution and assuming that everybody has the same problem. That's like a massage therapist who just thinks that a massage will fix everything. You just need a massage. Like, oh, you're stressed, you need a massage. Well, you know, you could have a severe chronic condition that a massage might not fix. Um, chiropractors, they can fix everything with an adjustment. It, it doesn't matter. It's just whatever it is that you do, you just think that you fix it. And one of the problems is, is and that actually might be true. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is true. But one of the problems is, is that you're not really establishing yourself as a market authority. You're not, trust, you're not establishing yourself as a trusted advisor. You're not establishing yourself as preeminent. And I want to talk today and get your insights on how we can better solve people's problems. So the first thing that comes to mind is you're saying that the problem is that people think that they can solve all the problems that people have. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's one problem. Sometimes people just feel like I can solve anything or my one thing. It's like the magic bullet. Like, I mean, and look, it extends beyond healthcare. Like, oh, you just need a funnel. <laughs> like, we, we went into that. Right. Oh, you just, oh, you just, this is what you need. You just need, you just need a podcast. If you had a podcast, everything will be fixed. And that's not the, there's no one solution. We always say there's no one right way to do anything. There's no one right way to cook a steak. There's no one right way to do anything. And there's no one all, all one size fits, fits all, all solution yeah. for everything, right? So that is one problem. The other problem though, that I, I think that I would love to hear your insights on is that a lot of people don't even take the time 
to understand what the prospect's real problem is. Okay, that's where I thought you were going with it. I just want to make sure we're on the same track. So I agree. I think that that is where a lot of people run into issue is they have an, they have an understanding of their craft, of their service, of their product, unlike any consumer ever will. And so because of that, they often make assumptions of what it should be utilized for, how it works, or what it's going to solve. But that's not always necessarily what people are actually looking for or truly need, right? I'll give an so there's example. a disconnect. Right. Well, I'll give an example. I mean, we joke about this a lot, mm. but you have you like to, um, what do you, you Marie Forleo your closet. Right? Like no, the, not Marie, Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo your closet, right? You <laughs> Although to, I would love to Marie Forleo my closet. So you She's Marie cute. Kondo your closet and you go through <laughs> and you great. figure out what sparks, sp- joy. what sparks joy. Right. Well, my closet doesn't need that. And if I was with Marie Kondo. She would, might disagree though. She might she say. May, but that's exactly what I'm talking about though. Right. So if I showed up and I was like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm having, you know, issues or whatever it was. I was, I was articulating a problem and her whole thing was, well, we just got to get your closet organized. That would be a major problem. I've known other people not quite as famous as Marie Kondo who mm-hmm. offer services. That's actually a real thing. That people will help you to organize and clean your closet. Yeah. No, it's a great thing. I don't need that. <laughs> my closet is, I mean, and I'm not joking. My closet's organized. Right. I don't have stuff all, and I don't have extra stuff. I have maybe five shirts that I could go through and be like, yeah, I can get rid of these. But so then are we saying that Marie Kondo, she does solve a problem, just not a problem Everyone's you have. Problem. Right. And so it would be, it would be terrible right. for her to just only solve that problem for me because what would happen is that I would potentially then eliminate the possibility of ever working with her if she just came Mm. in and tried to sell me organizing my closet. And look, there might be other areas of my life and I don't know enough about her or what she does. Maybe she does more than closets, I mean, to be fair, but there might be other areas of my life where she would be able to be of service. But if she only, only tried to sell me on this one thing, then this would be an absolute bust for her. Now, it could also be that that's the only thing she does, and I have respect for that too. But I do think the problem here, and what I, what I wanna dive into is helping people to understand what your prospects' real problems are, and then helping them to solve that, even if that's not what you actually do. And I'm not saying that you you know, do a, a half-ass attempt at fixing their thing, but you might know other so people then, that could help So then let's be them. clear, you could actually have a product or service that solves a ton of problems, a wide array of problems. You could also have a product or service that would be beneficial for almost anybody, but it doesn't mean that's a perfect fit, right? right? And so what you're saying is you first need to identify who really is the ideal client that you're trying to work with yep. and what does what does that ideal client deal with? What is their problem? And then you could market more effectively. So we identify in, a, in sort of a, um, a 30,000 foot view, we're going to identify the ideal client. We're going to enter into relationship with them to some degree, build okay. a rapport. And then we're going to begin to understand as Michael Port says in Book Yourself Solid, their urgent needs and compelling desires. And that may go beyond the scope of what it is that you do. And the point of today's podcast is that 
understanding their urgent needs and compelling desires even beyond the scope of what it is that you do will make you even more effective at selling what it is that you do do. So what you're so then if you so let me ask you this if you deep dive on your ideal client and you understand their compelling uh, needs and desires and they're not a good fit for you what do you do you refer right and so right. that's the next thing is then <laughs> understanding um, part of what I want to want to bring the listeners to is that becoming preeminent as Jay Abrahams. We've got a lot of, a lot of shout outs, Marie Forleo, Marie Kondo. Uh, we've got uh, Michael Port. Jay Abraham speaks about preeminence, becoming the most trusted advisor. And I think one of the keys when you're talking preeminence is it's becoming the most trusted advisor, mm. not the most trusted practitioner or delivery of the service. As a trusted advisor, people come to you because they know that you will give them great advice. Now, if that's working with you and utilizing your services, of course, they're going to trust that and place that in high regard. But also, if that's not working with you and going to see someone else, well, of course, they're also going to place that in high regard. And in fact, if you are the most trusted advisor, and let's say that hypothetically, I'm the most trusted advisor, and someone says to me, well, where should I go for a website? And I say, well, undoubtedly, you need to go with Dripify and Clay Mosley. Well, they won't even really entertain other options based off of my advice if I truly am the most trusted advisor. And what that does is it would strengthen my relationship with Clay, right? Because of the, the referrals and recommendations that I'm giving out. And in reverse, obviously Clay would be inclined to refer back to me. So number one, choose your ideal client and understand them so deeply that as you get into relationship with them, as you get to know who they are further, then you understand their compelling needs and desires to not only be able to sell your service or product more effectively because you understand their needs and desires, but just as importantly, to understand the needs and desires that you yourself cannot fix or help and find the people that can. Right. That's and now this saying. is a great and this is a great opportunity now to introduce yet another Jay Abraham concept. In fact, I think it's probably your favorite Jay Abraham concept. Mine is probably preeminence. Yours is probably the Amazon School of Marketing. Ah, yes. So once I've identified my ideal client, mm -hmm. I can in effect spy on them. I wanted before I want you to tell We always say stock and then people go, Oh, don't stock people. But it's, it's stocking market, in a good it's market way. Research. It's market, it's market yeah, research. Market research. But I'm before, sorry. Before, not I have stocking. You, before I have you explain what it is, um, I want to encourage all of our viewers or listeners um, to leave us a review. You know, the only real place that, that really counts is on iTunes. But if you want to jump over on <laughs> iTunes podcast and leave a review. Review. Now, hopefully there's more than one review on our podcast. I hope across my fingers. I hope there's more than one review. But if you would one that, that this is sort of the, the currency, the payment um, in exchange for us giving you this idea that we learned from Jay Abraham is I want you to leave a review, but I also want you to scroll back and I want you to first put your review and then I want you to look at other people's reviews. I want you to actually read their reviews and then I want you to apply this concept. So this Amazon school of marketing has always been one of my favorite concepts because I've always said you have to understand your idea, ideal client so well that you know everything about them. That means that you know where they like to shop. Um, do they have children? Where do their kids play sports? What are, what are they involved in? What organizations do they support? But more importantly, you need to understand what they love 
and what they dislike, right? And what they hate. Hate's such a bad, you know, strong word, but it really is. is that. It's what do they love and what do they hate? And so one of the ways that you can get massive insight on what they love and what they hate, how they like to be treated, um, what, how, what they don't like in a business is just by going and reading reviews. This concept does pertain to Amazon, but this can be extrapolated out into Yelp, into uh, Google, into any other place that actually houses reviews. Real reviews, though. Sometimes I see websites and then it's like, you know, oh, yeah, not the website Jen reviews. says, this you is could, great. You this can put whatever you want on your <laughs> yes. own website. It needs to be like third-party validated third reviews. Third-party validation. Okay? Podcast reviews would be one. Podcast reviews, mm -hmm. right. So essentially what you do is you go on there and let's say that, for instance, you know, you... Um, are finding out about your ideal client and you figure out all the books that they love to read. It would be a great thing for you to go on there and go on Amazon and, and maybe it's the Marie Kondo book, How to Spark Joy. I don't even know if that's the title of her book, oh, but I would admit. You can't get the title wrong. I don't. I, I, you have to look that up. Oh, yeah, no, I got to look it up. Right. Okay. Well, in the next section, you, while I talk, you look up the title. We can't give the wrong title. For, people are now on Amazon looking for how to spark joy. Okay. What about Girl Wash Your Face? If that your idea client loves that book and reads Girl Wash Your Face, you would go find that book on Amazon and you would read the five-star reviews and the one-star reviews. What Forget about, about everything in between. Nothing Forget in about between. everything in between. No, you don't need Why to not? read anything in between because... People write five-star reviews and one-star reviews when they're emotionally charged, okay. either in a good direction or a negative direction. Okay. And then what do I do with that? Just read them? Okay, go ahead. Oh, well, oh, what yeah. I would do, well, um, first of all, that? Um, you need to understand, <coughs> excuse me, their urgent needs and compelling desires, number one. Number two, you also need to understand the language. I see. I had to give you time to look up the book. You have to understand the language <laughs> right. that they utilize when they talk in an emotionally charged state. I love this book. It solves almost all of my problems. Or this book was an utter waste of time because it gave me no real world solutions. It was all theoretical. Now, I'm going to take that languaging and I'm going to use that back in my marketing. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to look at problems, other peripheral, other verticals, other problems that my ideal client is looking to solve because it will help me to build my network. You know, people just have this like loosey goosey network, like a happen chance network. Like, I mean, and I always laugh at it and people always think that I'm against networking groups. I'm against just loosey goosey happen chance, random networking groups where it's like, it's, it's, it's a realtor with a social media expert with a, um, I don't know, with an airline pilot. With, <laughs> it's just like this like, random stuff that doesn't go together. A realtor with with a mortgage, um, a mortgage broker, um, you know, with a construction person, right. with a housekeeper <laughs> that works. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to build my network based off of what my ideal client is indicating to me are the urgent needs and compelling desires. I mean, for us, um, we help service providers. Well, we help them, you know, in consulting ways, but not necessarily from a tactical execution way. So our network includes people that are great at funnels, um, list building, um, e-commerce is a great mm -hmm. other vertical, even though we don't deal in e-commerce, knowledge base on e-commerce helps us to better serve our clients because they want to know how to transact over the internet. Um, also financial. We help our clients to become extremely wealthy, but then we don't advise them what to do with their money after that. So our verticals and our network is driven by the urgent needs and compelling desires of our ideal clients. 
So going back to the reviews, give us an example. Like what would you see and how would you use that in your marketing to connect with your ideal client? Well, I mean, and that's what I asked our, our listeners or viewers to do is take a look at our reviews. And yeah. then you begin to notice, like, are you an ideal client? Like, if you <laughs> wanted to leave a one-star review, I hope you didn't do that. But if you wanted to and you read the re other reviews and you're like, I didn't get that from this podcast. Well, you're maybe not an ideal client. You probably are not in Black Diamond Club. You're probably on the sidelines looking, looking in at what it is that we do. And you know right then you're not a good fit. But if you read the reviews and you're like, oh, my gosh, these people are just like me, that the people that love the podcast, then you probably should be exploring our further offerings. Now, what we would do is we would take that data. And even though I said, I hope that you don't leave a one, a one star review <laughs> because that personally, you know, you don't feel good about it, but that data is actually very useful it for is us. Very useful. If it's honest and forthright and you say, listen, I hate the fact that you guys are always wearing white and black. Well, we would be like, all right, well, we would have to discuss, could we wear red next time? Mm. Would we be willing to do that? Or would that affect the brand or would it even worse? Would it affect our our relationship or our ability to help our ideal clients. And so we utilize that as market research and we look to, to figure out what it is that they're looking for. Now, another yeah. thing we could yeah. do is they might say, I thought it said none of your business and they didn't talk at all about financial planning. In which case, we would bring a financial planner onto the podcast in the upcoming weeks because that's something that our network can solve. And it would also help us to look better to those people if we were solving their problems through this medium. So that's great as a business owner that you can utilize the reviews that people are leaving about your business to make it better or consider changing things. But what I'm talking about, for instance, if you, if you were good to go on our podcast and people said things like, listen, do you, you know, we really like Sean and Lacey because they push us to the limits and make us think differently. If you knew that you serve the same ideal client we did, you could actually use that review as marketing language right. where you would say, I Hey, I, I have started a podcast that helps to push you to the limits and make you think differently about your business. If that's you, Come and listen to my episode. Or maybe you're, maybe you're a speaker and right. you would say, I want to invite you to hear a presentation that will help you to be the best version of you and, and push truly you. push you to your limits. Right. right? And because you've, you've, through market research and you've figured out that is something, that's languaging that they themselves use. Yeah. Let's also talk about then... How are we going to navigate? So that's that's great. Let's say that I figure out that. Wait, I want to give a pro tip though. Oh, okay. You always uh, have pro I tips. Gotta, I got to give a pro tip because I think also what's important, th this is a great thing that you can do. If you're in a profession and you feel like you have competition, maybe in your local area, of somebody that does the same thing as you, it's actually really smart to go check out their reviews mm. and see what people love about their business. And most importantly, where, what do people complain about? Um, I remember looking at reviews when I was in California for an office near us that was a chiropractic office. And a lot of the negative reviews were around the uh, front desk manager. Mm. Every time I come in, she doesn't smile. Uh, it feels very cold. She's kind of edgy and makes it makes me feel uncomfortable. So we get to write in our marketing for our office. Are you looking for a place that f makes you feel right at home? But wait a minute. And does, welcome. That, does that even affect your hiring? So do you oh, see absolutely. that and you yeah. say, I'm going to hire somebody 
that will not be that because I'm seeing the complaints, right. I'm seeing the languaging, and I'm going to hire someone to fill a different yeah. role in, in that person's mind. Yeah, but and bringing it full circle, number one, yes, it makes you, it helps you make better business decisions and make your business better. But number two, by doing that and reading these reviews, if you know those are people that you're going to serve, voila, now we're able to get some insight on some of the things that they dislike. And oftentimes in those reviews, they'll divulge the problems that they have that they were trying to get fixed that never got resolved. So one of the things that we've been on lately in Black Diamond Club in regards to selling mm -hmm. is a shift away from solution-oriented selling in the sense that like I'm just going like, the consultative selling of the past. Mm -hmm. It's not even maybe people probably are like, what do you mean? What do you mean the past? I just took a course on that. Well, it, 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 the past meaning like yesterday, right. <laughs> but I think as, as we evolve, I think we're, we're clearly evolving into a new phase of selling, which is selling a new way of thinking, mm. right? A new philosophy, a new ideology. And when doing this, that means that we are going to, in the consultative phase, um, in the get to know each other phase, we're going to even offer up the idea that, do you mind if I ask you some questions that will help you to find the best fit, even if that's not with me? Right. And yeah. I think that's also something that's super important. Like, are you willing to even say that? Like, are you willing to say, um, do you mind if I help you to find the best fit, even if that's not with me? Right. right? But that's why it's so important for you to really understand what problems you solve and make sure that you do them really well and not say that you solve all problems. And then know that when you're doing the consultative selling, that when somebody brings something up that's not in your wheelhouse, that you have the right people in place that you've networked with that you want to build relationships with that you can refer them over to. So a couple of things that I think are important is to dive into what the problem actually is. So yep. whatever your sales strategy is of mining that information, and we've given you a couple pre uh, strategies that you could even mine this information through your marketing. Um, yep. But if you are in now in a sales cycle, like we're actually in a sales cycle, we'd want to uncover what the problem is, we'd also want to uncover how long they've been looking for a solution. Um, this can reveal some things about them, um, you know, and you will also see this through what Lacey was talking about, where people have maybe say, I've been searching for a solution in a review. I've been searching for this exact solution for 15 years. I've been trying different um, programs to try and accomplish XYZ for over 10 years yep. until I found such and such a program. And then the next question, the final question is at what cost, right? And I think, again, when you talk about market research and we talk about stalking or spying, what is the cost? And I'm not talking just financially. What was the cost emotionally, relationship costs, all of the costs that Sacrifices have been Sacrifices that you right? had to make, right. And once you're able to, once you're able to have all of that information, then you are able to speak to them sell them in essence a solution that may not be with you and if it's not it's fine but it's the best solution for them right at that time and what happens is later on you may be the best solution for them at that time and you've left that door open i feel like that's the new way of transacting business mm -hmm. especially as we come out of this pandemic people are going to be looking definitely for marketing 
from a place of integrity, honesty, trust, compassion, helping others, people are going to be looking at sales processes that come from a place of integrity, a sales process that says, and I think everybody enjoys that when somebody says, look, I'm going to give you an estimate or I would be happy to look at your problem. Um, I will tell you if I could help you. If not, I'll also let you know that. Yep. I love that. I think that that's important. I think that's the direction we need to go. And, you know, I, I think in selling in general, if you really care about people and you, you know, know your ideal client well enough and really truly want to serve them, uh, it's not a far stretch to feel that way or be able to speak that way. I mean, you really truly want to lead with putting that best, that person's best interest at heart. And if you do that um, and you understand them and you know what kind of problems they have and you know that you're the solution, oftentimes they're going to be a good fit anyway. Yeah, you know, James made this uh, awesome remix called Solve People's Problems. Right. And that's basically the fundamental premise here. If you can get into the habit of solving people's promise, problems. Whether you're doing it. Whether you're doing it or, or not. referring out find to find solutions. Yeah. They, you will be rewarded financially. They will pay you either now or later, but you will be rewarded financially. And hopefully people will take that to heart. Hopefully people will apply that. I love it. All right, everybody. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Check out everybody else's review um, through the lens of today's podcast. We will be back again with another episode of the None of Your Business podcast very soon.